Thanks for getting your morning started with us here at WWL. Tuesday morning, January 9th. The bad weather, for the most part, has moved on. And the reason I say that, no rain or anything, but some people think when it's cold, it's bad weather. Highs today only around 53 or so, 52, and that's going to be around 3 in the afternoon, right before the sun goes down and looking ahead to the rest of the week tomorrow. Cold start, highs of 30 north shore, 36 south, then highs of 58, partly cloudy, and then the clouds come in and increase. It warms up Thursday, highs of 68, then highs of 70 on Friday, chance for afternoon showers, then a cold front comes in, a lot colder on Saturday, highs then only 49, but plenty of sunshine. Chilly on Sunday, highs of 58, and for the Martin Luther King holiday, uh, an Arctic front is coming in, and the temperatures are going to plunge throughout the day. So we'll tell you more about that, and I don't know if it's related to the polar vortex or not. David Schultz joins us, professor of political science at Hamlin University. David, have I had a chance to tell you Happy New Year yet? I think you have, but in case you haven't, I accept it, and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. All right, so here we go. We're going to talk about government shutdown. Hang on a second. I think there's a mistake. We've talked about this before. Where's the producer? Get him in here. This is this is an obvious, blatant mistake talking about a government shutdown. We've done this story 18 times before. Why are we doing it again? I said tongue-in-cheek. That's right. That's right. We are heading to another possible government shutdown. There was talk or a rumor um, over the weekend that there was a, an agreement, but much in the same way that we were, what, was it? This is, is this like deja vu all over again. It is. Um, it's sev- crazy. Several months. Yeah, several months ago, there were a small group of really conservative Republicans who were holding up the deal. It sounds like the same thing is happening all over again. All right, so the national championship game is over in football. Let's do the X's and O's on this one. Um, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, managed to save his job last time and avert a resolution. How did he do that when the same thing cost the previous speaker his uh, his job? And looking ahead, is Mike Johnson now in peril with the hard right conservatives if he tries to strike some kind of uh, deal with the Democrats? Talk me through all of this, if you can, please, David Schultz. Sure. I think McCarthy had a lot of scar tissue um, going into that deal, and he had apparently— um, a lot of people felt like he was not honest with them. He had basically lied or tricked, you know, tricked them, et cetera, et cetera. I think right now Johnson still has what sort of a honeymoon period at this point. You know, they're they're, they're cutting him a little bit of slack at this point, and and maybe there's a little bit of exhaustion after they went through the selection of the speaker. So he's got a little bit of slack, but certainly not a lot of slack at this point. And I don't completely rule out, you know, that he could meet the same fate, you know, as, as his predecessor. The question becomes whether or not the enough sanity prevails in the House, including amongst Republicans, to say you can't do another government shutdown, you can't do another, um, um, you know, musical chairs with Speaker in an election year. Uh, but that, but, but I'm, but as much as I want to say that, I'm not persuaded that that type of sanity will prevail. So I think for now, it's the honeymoon period that he's enjoying. Let's talk about the people in the Republican Party that could cost Mike Johnson his job, because we always talk about the hard right faction. But who exactly are we talking about? Who's leading them and what do they want? Well, you have people like Laura Bobbitt um, and, you know, Matt Getz, who I think are probably the two most prominent faces, to some extent Marjorie Taylor Greene, but it's really those first two. um, And and they want much more significant cuts um, in federal spending, especially in terms of domestic spending, um, and they want um, really cuts, cuts in programs. 
And at one level, you know, when they talk about the fact of saying, you know, we, we have too much of a national deficit, we've got to get a grip on it, they're probably right on that correct you know, issue there. We have a $30 trillion, I say trillion dollar, you know, you know national debt, um, but, but they're holding it up um, approximately about eight or ten individuals because mostly what they want to do at this point is significantly cut domestic spending, and they're also concerned about some other issues in terms of border security, which is reasonable. They're concerned about, um, um, let's say, some social issues, but mostly I'd say border security um, and, and, and domestic spending. And, and, and those are legitimate issues, but they're using the narrow mar- margin in the House of Representatives um, as a way that they have disproportionate leverage over broader compromises that actually do enjoy quite a bit of support with both the Democrats and Republicans. And this may be a subjective, not an objective question. I don't know how you would really measure this, but I guess from what you just said, you could make a case that Matt Gates and Laura Boebert are um, patriots looking ahead to the next generation and or statesmen looking ahead to the next generation and not the next election, but are they really? Yes and no. Yes, in the sense that we probably should be thinking more seriously about what debts we leave to our next generation, our children, our grandchildren, because we never we never ask those questions because they don't vote. They don't vote. But at the same time, what they're looking at is is their reelection right now. They're clearly both getting their, you know, their Andy Warhol 15 minutes in the sun. Um, They're both facing, especially Bobert, is actually moving congressional districts um, because the one that she was running in in Arizona doesn't look like she could win it again so she's shifting around so i think for a lot of them it is it is limelight it is fundraising it is getting past the next election and not thinking also in terms of what the broader uh, let's say national good at some point yeah you have to worry about getting reelected but at some point you also should be thinking about the fact that it, is it probably in the national interest to reach a budget deal and not go another government shutdown it, probably is a good thing for us to do stuff like that. And compromise is a dirty word oftentimes, but it's what you need to do in government. And I'm not a, a Matt Gates fan or a Laura, Laura Bobbert fan, however you pronounce her last name, but it is interesting, uh, a conundrum where, well, at some point, somebody's going to have to say something about spending, but nobody really does, right? You're absolutely correct at this point. At some point, we can't keep living beyond our means, and we've done it forever. I mean, you and I in our personal life, if we keep spending more than we take in, you know, we've got some real problems along the line there. Yeah. And, 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 and even though economists want to make the argument and say, well, it's different with government, well, not really. At the end of the day, if we're still racking up $30 trillion in debt, if we're still paying, I may be a little bit off on this, I think, what, 9 or 10%? I think of our federal budget goes to pay just interest on the debt. I get maybe a little off. I think I'm around there. Um, um, I'm kind of concerned about the fact that we're paying out tens of billions of dollars a year just to pay off debts that we're never going to be able to pay off. And the other thing is, like with you and I, if we do that, then we can go out and get a second job maybe to supplement our income. But with the government, that would be increased taxes. That's the way they raise more money. So let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. Somebody texted, and this is a good question. How did we get to the point where Green, Bobbert, and Gates have this much power? So you can answer that, David, when we come back. David Schultz, professor of political science at Hamlin University, talking about another looming government shutdown, lather, rinse, repeat. 
Text comes in, traffic lights out at Airline and Clearview, flashing red. That's a busy intersection. Be aware of that. Right now it's time for traffic on WWL. 625 and a half, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to David Schultz, professor of political science at Hamlin University. The U.S. debt is over $34 trillion. Somebody's got to do something about it, but nobody does. Kind of like the old Mark Twain thing. Everybody talks about the debt, but nobody does anything about it. Um, somebody texted in and said, how did we get to the point where Green, Bobbert, and Ga- Gates have this much power? Your thoughts on that, Kevin? Um, David, I'm sorry. I'm going to work at Kevin. Okay, don't worry. It's okay, yeah. It's going to be uh, Phil, think, well, and everything will be fine. Sure, sure. Uh, two two things. First, for some reason, and I don't know why, their, their own congressional districts elected them, and we could spend probably a lot of time trying to figure out why they elected them. Were they the strongest candidate? Do they align properly with how the voters you know, um, are in that district? Let's say they are. So, so anyhow, they got elected. And two, I think the more important part is that Repu- because the Republicans have such a narrow margin um, in, in the House um, to move anything, it requires straight party line votes, which is, part, which is the third point, is that because of the polarization now, where nobody wants to work across the aisles, um, everybody wants each party wants to say we're only going to move things if our if our if our side you know supports things, and that's one of the rules that was adopted um, earlier last year. Okay, last year um, when McCarthy got elected, is that things had to clear the House only with Republican support, and at any time they could remove the Speaker of the House. Put all that together, and that's why these three individuals have so much influence. With all that being said, something does have to be done about the debt. Something does have to be done about the border. Because of the way the government works, it can't happen without compromise with the Democrats because they control the Senate. Accurate? Correct. Absolutely. At this point. And also remember, the president, whether you like him or not, still has this thing called the veto. So it's going to take all three parts you know, to be able to work something out in terms of cutting spending, solving the, um, the border crisis, et cetera, et cetera. And what's supposed to happen, at least what the logic is, is what? You negotiate, you compromise. You know, the old, I don't get the whole loaf, I get half the loaf. You know, I was, that's, that's, the, that's the theory. That's exactly what I was thinking, David, that, you know, half a loaf is better than none. But it seems like, you know, now we're, we've gone from that to politically in this country to almost a King Solomon type thing of, okay, just cut the baby in half, right? And, and just destroy the whole thing. It seems like perhaps blow it up. I think that I mean that's the one example. I was going to use the other example of taking my bat and ball and going home. You know, yeah. if I don't, you know, but, but in either case, whichever metaphor we're using, I think you're absolutely correct at this point. I would rather cause a train wreck than figure out ways of of of, of winning something today, um, and and maybe next time I win a little bit more. You know, but yeah, at some point it's got to be non-zero sum game. You know, and right now it really is zero sum. That if you win, I lose, and vice versa. And that's that's just not the right recipe to get anything done for any of your listeners out there you know who are in business you know they, you know they work in business they know what we're talking about here is that is that in business when you try to negotiate a new contract you give a little you get a little are they reflecting what most of the country um thinks i know we have a deep divide in this country are they reflecting what the voters feel as though all my way or nothing or is there any more um appetite for compromise in this country with the people that live here there actually is room for compromise. If you get beyond the political rhetoric, like, for example, if you yell out the phrase, I don't know, abortion rights, or yell out the phrase um, gun control or gun rights, 
everybody's hair on the back of their neck, you know, goes up and people, you know, get really tense. But if you actually look at public opinion polls, there's actually broad political consensus on a whole bunch of things ranging from saying, you know, we got to do more to help the poor. You know, we've got to address border security issues, although they don't use that term. You know, we've got to do something to, you know, protect rights of privacy. I mean, so there, there is. But the language that we use to talk about the issues is driven by uh, by interest groups and not by compromise. Thank you. I appreciate your time, David, as always. You have a good day in Minnesota, all right? How, what's the high going to be? Um, about 32, but we're going to plunge to below zero by later in the week. Ooh, get your long underwear out. Thank you, sir. David Schultz, professor of political science at Hamlin University. We'll talk to Cameron Henry, Senate president, when we come back about the, the legislative session and the year in Louisiana, what it could look like. Right now, time for WWL First News.